Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I want to talk about being pig-headed, being stubborn, being so strong on something, doesn't matter what someone tells you, you ain't changing your mind. And those moments where you realize a little bit later, you should have changed your mind. Why were you fighting about it? You know, why were you backed into a corner? <laughs> I just want to share some of my experiences because you may go, hey, that sounds like me. Um, I'll also tell you what I'm learning to do about it. So let's dive into it. Okay, so why did this come to mind? Now, two things, two things happened. So let me tell you two stories. The first story is myself and Holly were sitting down the other day to watch a movie. This was a couple weeks back, actually. And we're sitting there, and I'm really pushing a movie. It's one called Jojo Rabbit. It's done by a Kiwi director. It's very creative, very strange, but interesting. And for whatever reason, in Holly's head, she had no interest in watching that movie. She was not going to be swayed. When I finally convinced her to just watch the first 10-15 minutes, and if she liked it, we could watch more, I knew at that point she'd already made this stubborn decision in her mind to say no. Whether she liked it or not, she was not going to pay attention. She was not even going to try. She was, she, the answer is no. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, there are times where you can let things pass and you get surprised, but in this case complete no was what was running through her head and so like she was just stubborn about it now is it the end of the world no but it was a very interesting challenge right because these things happen to all of us we go into these stubborn modes now the other day i was on the other side of this now if you've listened to a few of our recent uh, posts that have been going out on social media the truth about dyslexia is going to be merging with a, with remarkable minds so we're going to be doing a lot more stuff around dyslexia and ADHD. We're going to be doing, it's. we're only going to focus on working with adults. Bunch of cool stuff to really help support people. We keep getting all these questions. We keep getting people wanting us to do other stuff. Um, so we're going to start to take this a little bit more seriously, which is exciting. But what happens when you kind of merge two brands? You have to have a conversation about logos, colors, fonts, looks and feels, and how do we make the brands kind of play nicely together? Now, when we first started chatting about this, I was very adamant that Truth About Dyslexia is my baby. And I don't I don't want you shaving my baby kind of thing. You know, um, I don't want you changing, you know, the brand because I love it. I think it really stands out. I love the brain. You know, ooh, it's, it's, it's really important to me. So we'd had an initial conversation as a group, there's four of us who are going to be doing this, and we said, let's look at changing the color of the Remarkable Minds logo. So we'd kind of said, how can we bring the truth about dyslexia colors into Remarkable Minds, and we hope that looks close enough. Now, I was like, mm, okay, yep, let's give that a try, we can, we can try it. Now, I'd been so busy with life doing a hundred different things. I hadn't paid a lot of attention um, to what was happening. And the lady started going back and forth, who I'll be working with, with a designer. And the designer has a bit of ADHD herself, so she was 
throwing back things at super high speeds and I was only half engaged I was just too busy and you know when you kind of get into that mode where you're kind of like as long as it's not life-changing the answer is yes just carry on <laughs> I can't deal with I can't overthink this thing at the moment or my head will explode and so we got down the path a little bit and we got near to Friday which is when we meet and I started seeing these logos appear that looked terrible in my opinion absolutely shocking you know they were not great and um <laughs> i was sitting there hearing from people go oh i like this one kind of like they were getting close to the end of a decision making process and i was like hold up hold up this is not what i signed up for i you know <laughs> and um so we get into our meeting three of us catch up we're sitting around this uh, this video call, and the call is really, really good. We knew it was always going to be good, and we left this topic to the end, which, to be honest, was very, very wise, because it was probably the most emotionally charged conversation, right? I'm sure we've all had this, and you get to that point, and everyone's kind of sitting there, and we're like, Phew. you know, we, we know we've got to have this, this, this chat, and it goes on for maybe 20 minutes from memory. But gosh, the emotion, I, I was in the moment, it felt like I was a Spartan warrior who was not going to let a single moment slide. I had every argument, I, I had every point up my sleeve, you know, I was just feeling very, you know, backed into a corner like a cat ready to scratch anyone. It was changing it. And it was, um, what I have to give out to the ladies, they kind of worked out what it happened for whatever reason they hadn't really made sure that I was clear on what they were going to be testing and the logos nothing had been decided and they'd sent all these designs they were just playing with it and it had just gone not too far but it had it, let's just say in their opinion they had just kept evolving it without me really being along for the ride and so we got to this point going hmm, we haven't you know this is quite an important piece um and, and, you know, we hadn't spoken about it, so we had to de-escalate the whole thing. Um, but, I, but you know, in that session, I was, you know, I, was, I wasn't angry at them, don't get me wrong. My energy charge was not at all uh, an offensive. I probably used some offensive tactics in my phrasing and words, but it was about defending the truth about dyslexia brand and everything, my energy, my identity, my work, my love that goes into these podcasts and everything around them. And so I had my backup and, and, you know, it took a day or so to let that charge, that energy, that emotion, you know, drain out of it. You know, I, I could just see my picture is so crystal on what truth about dyslexia looks like and feels like that doesn't matter what they do, no one's changing it. And I'm not sure if you felt this way with other things yourselves where, a lot of the time you're okay and you kind of actually go into things with a ah, oh, it'll be what it'll be I don't care kind of attitude and then you pick a little a few things and it's like some of them are important some of them are not but they're things where you won't move on I kind of called it for a long time I called it the 95 and 5 five percent of the time I will fight <laughs> like to the death on something and 95 percent of the time I really don't care it's how I've gone through life. It's how I've gone through my relationships. 95% of the time, and when I say I don't care, I don't, you know, I can care about the thing, but I don't really care about the decision. 
you ask me if it's a, if we're buying a new bedspread or a duvet, if the color is going to be turquoise or blue, I that that goes in my ninety five percent bucket. I don't care. I don't. Well, actually, in that case, I don't care. Um, you know, that's not an important thing to me. <laughs> so I can let that slide. But if you come to me and it's one of these five percenters, and there are no like rhyme or reason which are my five percenters. It could be the brand of the truth about dyslexia, or it could be a way we communicate with clients in our business. You know, in, in my web design business and my graphic design work, I'm very focused on how we communicate. And if someone makes a mistake or stuff set up, I get really frustrated. Or if, or if, or if a mistake that could have been solved that wasn't solved, that's where I start to get into 5% mode and work. But then there are other things where I'm like, yeah, world will work its way out. The world has a plan. <laughs> I'm like a Zen Buddhist going into 95% of things. And then I'm like a small child with a fork running around. I'm not sure where, where that example came from, but you kind of get the point. Like I've got a lot of energy. And so, you know, what do I do about this? How do I deal with it? You know, how have I learned to live with this part of me? Because, you know, it exists and it hasn't changed their percentage may have gone up and down over the years, um, but it's still there from time to time. And so, you know, what I've, the biggest, the biggest lesson is realizing the energy in the moment is not the energy of the decision or the conversation, you know, forever. So in that moment, when I get my back up, I have to, I realize, hey, I'm in this fight zone. I'm ready to this is UFC, I'm going to kick some butt kind of thing, kind of mode. And I have to let that energy go. So there's no point in me saying, oh, I'll come back to you in half an hour with an answer, because it'll be the worst answer you've ever heard, because it'll be from a place of, I will fight to the death. So the first thing I've learned is, I give it a day, let that energy dissipate, and I carry on with my life. And I go, hey, it doesn't matter, I'll come back in a day, maybe two days. You know, the old facet of sleep on it, completely true in this case. The second thing is I've gotten better at working with and being with people who understand me. You know, when I was in that meeting with Vanessa and Becky, they know how they think, they know how I think, and they were very good at pulling out, you know, one of the, the challenges. We hadn't fully spoken about the process we were going down. And it was a process that both me and Vanessa are very attached to usually. And, you know, and, and, you know, they kind of got that. So they handled it on their side really well. I, I, the amount of energy I had in that conversation, if they'd handled it terribly, could have gone in a very interesting direction. But they were very good. And so big hat off to them. But having good people around you, it's the same with my relationship with Holly. You know, we get each other. We know the days when we're tired and we know the days when we need extra support um, we know the days where we don't want help <laughs> we just want to do things ourselves you know and and that helps us right that makes it work as, as a family so that's another really key thing is finding the right people around you if you've got a bunch of core people in your life that are just not getting you doesn't matter what you do you're not going to have a great result right so choosing those people is important um there's probably a few podcasts on how to choose those people and changing changing those people could be an interesting one, but um, it is very key. And then probably finally, what would I say? Sometimes it is okay to get your back up. 
you know, it's not a bad thing to fight for what you believe in. And sometimes that fight may be scrappy. It may not be beautiful. It, it may look ugly from the outside. And you may even look at it from the back and go, I could have done that better. But were you fighting for what you believed in? I believe in the truth about dyslexia. I believe in the work we're doing. I believe in the identity strongly. And I, you know, people forever can say, let that go. But I don't want to let that go. It's important to me. It means a lot. Now, does that not mean that after this conversation, I'm a little bit more open to tweaking how I look at things? No, I, I've, I took a breath and I said, okay, we could tweak that a little bit or that a little bit. Um, you know, but, you know, I, let's just say I came back off my high horse a little bit, but it doesn't mean that I won't be riding my high horse into the distance. So that's what I want to share today, guys. If you've ever felt like this, which you probably felt like it at some point. I would love to know your number. Are you a 95 and 5 kind of person? Or are you, a, you know, half the time you're going to strangle someone, half the time you're not? What's what's your number? <laughs> Feel free to let me know. Um, I'll pop it in the Spotify questions. Or I'll also... Um, uh, feel free to flick us an email on truthaboutdyslexia.com and stay tuned for more on Remarkable Minds. We'll be um, bringing those updates out in the next probably four to six weeks as we get things moving and flowing. Have an epic rest of your day and I'll be back on Thursday.